Welcome to Into the Sky, a podcast about the iconic Avro Vulcan XH558. I'm Martin Price and this is Season 2, where you'll hear from people close to XH558. From pilots who have flown her, to the volunteers who look after her, and the team who are in charge of securing her future. Join us as we explore the history of this magnificent aircraft and learn about how she will inspire the next generation of engineers through STEM education. Look into the past to improve the future. So today we are here with Mark Walters, the CEO of Vulcan to the Sky Trust and Michael Trotter, a consultant to the Trust these days as well. Hi, fellas. How are you? Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. Good to see you both. So you've both been involved with the uh, VTST, as we call it here, uh, for a little while. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been involved with the Trust. Can we start with you, Mark, seeing as how you are the big boss these days? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So well, I've been here for seven years now. Uh, Michael brought me on board for my commercial experience, uh, which I'd picked up largely through many retail operations over the years. My career started when I was actually 14, working in the weekends um, on a market stall in Kent, uh, progressed into retail stores, becoming a manager, onto area manager, consulted in businesses that are stressed and distressed, supported them through the process of being sold or sadly closed. And all this oddly led me to Vulcan to the Sky. And uh, since earlier this year, as you've just mentioned, I'm now chief executive here. And doing a fine job as well, if you don't mind me saying. Thank you. Michael, what about yourself? Yeah, it seems a long time ago now, but um, back in Christmas 2006, Robert Plumbing interviewed me uh, to see if I could generate any scholarship funding for the trust. Um, and in January 2007, I started work on that. Uh, and we had some modest success in terms of bringing in sponsors for the fuel and vehicles and stuff. And it was at that time uh, we engaged with our first major sponsor, uh, and to cut a long story short, after about 18 months, the commercial manager at the time retired and it all came over the fence to me. So I've, I've been here now since effectively 2007. Seems a long time. Yeah? Certainly has been a long time, hasn't it? To what's that, 16 years, is it, if my math's right? Yeah, indeed. So, And it's been a fascinating journey, I have to say, yeah. And you, are you both enjoying it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm working here is... Um... It's different every day, isn't it? It's a, it's a journey, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So why do you think that XH558 has amassed so many supporters? What do you think special about her that warms her to the British public? I mean, in my time here, I've seen you know, 558 is a, is a famous and very special Vulcan among a fleet of special aircraft. If you, if you rewind back to when she was with the RAF's Vulcan display flight, the VDF, um, she had a huge following there. You know, millions would have seen her air shows from way back. And then when it was announced that because of budget cuts, um, the MOD were going to discontinue the VDF, that created uprising. During the latter shows of that 1992 display season, crowds would gather over placards, signs of support, and congregate next to 558, often carrying banners with Save the Vulcan. So she's, she's been famous for a long time. You know, there were questions in Parliament back there, names and addresses been collected on petition. And if you think about petitions back then, they were done on pen and paper. Uh, and more than 250,000 people had signed that petition to save XH558. And those petitioners described her as a flying work of art, which tells you a lot about what people think of her. Yeah, then she was saved, thankfully, uh, when Dr. Robert Plemming and the Trust became involved. 
uh, carrying out the extraordinary restoration that they did and returned to the skies in 2007, it just added to a legendary status. So for another eight display seasons, millions more people saw her fly. So anyone who's seen a Vulcan fly air show since 1986, it would have been XH558. And her supporters have played a huge part in her journey. And the supporters are why we're able to be here today on this podcast. It never seems to amaze me. I mean, obviously, I'm involved with the Vulcan as well, but the amount of support that we're still getting from the general public, even though she's not flying, is just immense, isn't it? It's just crazy. It's interesting to note that um, when we finished flying in 2015, we had more followers on Facebook than the Red Arrows. And you'd think once the aircraft stopped flying, which was uh, USP at the time, interest would dwindle. Since we left the hangar and since we stopped flying, we've maintained our Facebook following and we've increased our database of people who read our newsletter or Twitter followers. And so there is a real love for the for the aircraft out there. And and the, the, one of the reasons for that is I, I had a vague knowledge of what a Vulcan was when I first joined. Uh, but only a vague one. I saw her flying in her last display flight, the farewell tour, when she was over at Cranfield, because I lived near to Cranfield, and I saw it and thought, wow. Uh, but it's only when you're there for the first time and you hear the howl and see her take off that you then, everybody gets it. And so, But that doesn't explain the longevity of the support we've got, because she hasn't flown since 2015. So it's quite a remarkable pulling power that that aeroplane has. Hmm. I think he said a lot of it's down to the trust, the the, you know, the trust and the work that was put into keeping her in the uh, the forefront of people's minds, though, as well. You know, besides the aircraft itself, and we know the history and we know how important this uh, this aircraft is to people. We've seen that the love that that comes across to her, but also they'll be keen to know the latest. Now, is there anything that you can tell us about uh, where five five eight is currently located? Uh, and how long she's going to be able to stay there? Just to give you a little background on where we are. So last year we were asked to leave Doncaster Sheffield Airport um, with an exit date being June this year. Shortly after being asked to leave, the airport ceased operating and Peel Land and Property took over the management of the site. Now, in March this year, we had discussions with the Peel Land and Property team over the possibilities of remaining at the XRA Finley site for a longer term. And on the basis that we wouldn't need to dismantle and move XH558, we asked for a few more months extension of our lease so we can continue those discussions and Peel actually extended it until the end of this year. You fast forward to today, we're still continuing to have those conversations about what's possible. Uh, and alongside these discussions, you've got the City of Doncaster Council, they're in negotiations with Peel on a potential lease of the former airport site. And if that's not successful, they previously stated they would be prepared to carry out a compulsory purchase order for the site. So there's a lot of discussions happening about the future of the site, and obviously we want to stay on there for the long term. And many of those discussions are commercially confidential and can't be shared by Peel or the City of Doncaster Council. Our discussions are also sensitive, but wherever possible, we will continue to let supporters know what we can. Um, and I think to date, what we've given out is exactly as, as we've just said there, where we are, but we, we continue to have those discussions amongst lots of discussions. I think it's worth emphasizing as well that ever since we have tried to secure a permanent home for the aeroplane in the South Yorkshire region at, at uh, the old area fittingly, that we have continued to engage in discussions with all the main stakeholders. Mm. There's not many of them, you know, they're all they're all 
working on their own business models. And we keep continue to talk to all the stakeholders on a regular basis just to make sure everybody understands that our main priority is to uh, secure a permanent home and keep, keep the airplane intact. So that's what we focus our efforts on all the time. I'm sure people will be pleased to hear that. I mean, we all know that she's there till the end of the year, but what about the future? Um, you know, I know, as you said, these discussions going on, which is commercially sensitive. Um, but what can you tell us? Are, are, are there any current plans for the for the aircraft's future? So th- our discussions are all based around remaining in Doncaster uh, and, and not dismantle her. Now, should those discussions not come to fruition and we need to move site, as Michael has just said as well, we do have the other options available uh, and we've kept in contact with all those stakeholders that, that we still have options to move off site. But that does mean it's the dismantle and move option, which you know we want to avoid that. I think all the supporters would want to avoid that. Should it come around, then it's because it's for the benefit of the aircraft and the protection of the aircraft that we have to do it. Now, we haven't actually got the answer to, to that. That question that you've just asked, what is the future yet? Um, but we are working on on the questions and the discussions to get that answer. But I think the general theme here is that if we can keep her there at XREF Finningley, that's the ultimate goal, really, isn't it? Ideally, yes, yeah, yeah. Because say you don't have to dismantle the aircraft, then and then we could look at other options to to move undercover. Uh, you know, we did try to to build the hangar facility. Uh, we tried doing it through. COVID, um, and now the world is in a different place where we've got the cost of living crisis. So there are always challenges. I, I know way back when, when money was needing to be raised to keep a fly and there was banking crises and all sorts, XH558 has remained through all of that and is still here. And we expect and we hope that in the, the coming months, years, we get good discussions and we're able to get her undercover and achieve what we've, we've been trying to do all these years. Michael, have you anything to add? No, no, that was all, all uh, to the point. As I say, we, we are a tenant, one of a few tenants on a site where we don't have control of the of the machinery. But we, Mark and I, have talked about this at length over the last few months about the way we set ourselves up to go forward into the future. And you know, if everything came to fulfilment for the potential of this project that we believe it can achieve, uh, which is protecting the asset, but also the education and inspiration of youngsters in the region, in the wider world, about the importance of engineering, boys and, I stress this, girls, then the project has got a very exciting future. And if we can pitch that to all the various funding channels that are available to us, as I said, actually, at a meeting with Mark this morning, it's a very exciting future if we get it right. So I think we just have to keep in there pitching and uh, and try and make this happen. Because I do believe it could be a very exciting prospect for the region and even for the uk yeah sadly early 2021 we lost of course dr robert Fleming, as many people know the man responsible who got 558 back in the sky and who had a, a great vision for the aircraft as well uh, the catalyst of which was for the stem learning uh, which you've spoken about there michael so you both work closely with robert how determined are you to see his legacy brought to life yeah, listen, I worked with Robert for a relatively shorter length of time, but I still see photos of Robert now and watch the odd video of him, and it, it brings it brings their hairs up on your arms. He's an inspirational man. He was when he was around. Michael worked with him a lot longer. I think I'll, um, I'll pass this one over to Michael to, to say how determined we are to see that legacy brought to life. We are very determined, and I'll, I'll let Michael explain that one. 
Now it, it, it's a it's a thread that runs through the, the group, the group's thinking, uh, uh, and it never leaves me. The saddest thing to me is that um, uh, before Robert passed away, he would phone me or I would phone him because he was a sounding board. We were both sounding boards to each other, uh, and for the first few months, it was difficult to know who to talk to. His vision and his enthusiasm uh, to deliver what he delivered, when everybody around him said it wasn't possible. It's not possible to restore that aircraft to flight, and if you restore it to flight, you won't keep it flying. Uh, he just never... I, I talked to a guy from uh, BA Systems who was the project manager who liaised with Robert about restoring the Vulcan to flight. And I talked to him uh, at his funeral, and he said, we kept throwing things at Robert, hoping he'd go away. And in the end, we had to give up because he just answered all the questions. Bear in mind, he also got the Heritage Lottery Fund to give a grant to the project to aid the restoration, which was a remarkable achievement in its own right. Uh, but he used to sit as a little boy in his dad's shed and take radios apart and rebuild them. And he could see that by doing that, youngsters could understand how things worked and that there were careers in engineering and science that were fulfilling uh, and worthwhile. And if we can make that happen again, particularly in the South Yorkshire region that so badly needs this this investment in the youngsters, with his name over the door, it will be uh, it will be a dream fulfilled, particularly for Robert. So, yeah, to answer your question in a shorter way, it's the driving force for us to make this happen. Excellent stuff, gentlemen. That's about it, and thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, and uh, I'll see you again very shortly. You take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Into the Sky. We do hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to keep looking out for more episodes on the way. And if you'd like to find out more about the work of the Vulcan to the Sky Trust, or maybe if you'd like to make a donation to help safeguard the future of XH558, please visit the website vulcantothesky.org. Thank you.